Welcome to the inaugural On The Clock Podcast. This is J.D. Constable, alongside my co-host as always, Brad Graham, the former offensive lineman, owner of the SF Niners, social media director of At Fourth and Nine, contributor to the 49ersWebZone.com. Do you have any more accolades that you want to throw out there, Brad, before I just keep on going forever? I would like you to actually just add three or four more. Just make them up. Make me sound a little better. Okay, so best friend, dad, (laughs) just had a kid yesterday. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you, sir. Thank Uh, you, sir. I'm sure there's at least one more that's going to come along, you know, like very in the very near future with track that you're going. Um, Absolutely. So for those of you who followed us before, we had the Bay Bridges podcast, which uh, we kind of took a little bit of a sabbatical on for just a little yeah. while, maybe nice a year and break. half, whatever, you know, uh, not, but, t- not too long. But what that allowed us to do is to revamp, regroup and come back with the on the clock podcast. We definitely wanted to have a different approach than what we had before. Uh, I think Brad and I, you know, we obviously were uh Fanboys, homers for our own team. Brad has <laughs> at the SF Niners Instagram page, which is up to how many followers? I think I'm thirty six point five thousand. Not sure. Okay, cool. Yeah, Somewhere whatever. In that range. I have I have at Raiders Country, which is obviously the Raiders. We have like I don't know fifteen hundred people. Whatever, you know. <laughs> Not to be uh, compared or contrasted, but we definitely love the game of football as a whole. And our basis for the last podcast was. Uh, strictly Raiders and 49ers but we decided to come back with a little bit of a different tone which is that we're going to highlight some 49ers and Raiders topics but we are going to do the NFL as a whole as well as one of the biggest components that we have and that we uh, bond over fantasy football. I'm fucking pumped. Let's do it. Let's do <laughs> I'm abs- it. I'm absolutely pumped. I think this kind of rebrand, revamp is going to be perfect for us as we move forward in the pod throughout the year. We're going to be able to bring all different kinds of takes, insight into fantasy that relates to just football in general. Um, anything that we can think of, we'll, we'll come at it. We'll come with some hot fire and we'll be spitting hot takes all day. Um, I'm excited to get this thing going. Um, this is pod number one. And uh, OTC boys are on the clock. You are on the clock, Brad. So, as we said before, fanboys of our own teams, we come with objective takes when it comes to that. We don't sugarcoat shit, unless it's Brad thinking Jimmy G is going to go 15-1 this year. (laughs) But besides that, so, you know, like, I just want to get your thoughts. We'll dive right into it, Brad. First thoughts from 49ers camp thus far. 49ers training camp has been a lot of fun to cover so far. Um, obviously, Kyle Shanahan, um, John Lynch, GM of the 49ers, head coach, we're headed into year three. So the first two years, we had the opportunity to really set the culture, build build the, the structure and the foundation of what we wanted to do. You know, hence our motto, brick by brick. Well, we're past the foundation. We're we're putting up sheetrock now. We're we're putting the finishing touches. I think the big thing for the 49ers as we head into year three of the new regime's training camp and into the 2019 season is that it's time to win now. And so all of this talk of we're building a culture, it's time to, you know, we can take our time. We don't have to win now. All that kind of talk is over. And so heading into training camp, the, one of the biggest things that we addressed as a team was defense, and it really needed to be addressed because last year we ranked 
we were historically bad in certain areas and what we really focused on was developing our pass rush. We brought in second overall pick, Nick Bosa. We signed D Ford. We brought in Quan Alexander to man the Sam linebacker position. Um, so there's a lot of really good pieces in the mix. And that's been the biggest thing for me from going to training camp day one and then all the way through the fourth day of training camp is our defense has stood out. It has kind of stood stifled our offense to be perfectly honest and um it's been pretty pretty exciting to watch you were there on location so it's not as if you're just seeing this from a distance you were actually able to be there and see the development one thing i always i always harp on is you know you it takes time to develop uh, a brand or a, a culture of winning but it's not as if john lynch and kyle shanahan are fresh right they're not brand new right, right? like they're not First year, both in tandem, they've had the opportunity to win, and they haven't, right? And so uh, John Lynch's um, evaluations as a GM come into play. Like, was uh, Solomon Thomas, you know, his, his BFF from Stanford, was that the right pick to make? A few, like, little things here and there. But what they needed from the get was a PR man, and they got that in John Lynch. They got a guy coming from the booth into the spot. Right. And this isn't to say that... I'm hating on John Lynch. I like him. I think he's a good evaluator. I think this is, and we're going to get into this later for the Raiders' perspective, but this is the time right now. No more bullshitting. No more waiting around. Oh, next year we'll get to it, like you said, now. You need to win now. You need to have Jimmy healthy, obviously, because both Kyle and uh, John Lynch's careers are hinging on the legs and shoulders of Jimmy Garoppolo. If he stays healthy as will the team as you know as as the team will win because he is healthy or they will not and it'll be a break make or break time for everyone in that front office absolutely and as you said you know john lynch has hit on some picks he's hit on kittle in the fifth round i mean absolute world beater from the tight end position and only his second year in the league but then you have the flip side where you have your joe williams in the fourth round running back out of utah who is out of the league after his first year and you have somewhat of a laundry list of those misses you have cj bethard in the third round who traded up to get and it looks like nick mullins an undrafted rookie has taken his place as qb2 behind jimmy garoppolo so you want to see a gm who's building a team from the foundation up to hit on some of those draft picks so this year debo debo samuels he is going to be looked to to contribute heavily to this offense as well as when you go out on a limb and you take a punter in the fourth round in Mitch Wisnowski when you don't have a great track record for the first two years when you tend to take a punter in the fourth round you don't tend to to have the leniency from the fan base as a let's say Bill Belichick who ended up taking a punter what 20 picks later in the fifth round and no one questioned him because it's bill belichick but when you're you're john lynch and you have the track record that you have you take mitch wishnewski in the fourth and it's it's kind of like well we needed o-line help we needed this help here is is that what we really needed so he needs these picks to hit and they need to he needs to knock them out of the park to be honest with you to really put us in a good trajectory for the future 
Bill Belichick could take a punter in the first round and people would be like, holy shit, this guy knows what he's doing, right? It's just like (laughs) the credit hasn't been built up there for John Lynch. And like I said before, this is not um, me hating on Lynch. I like him a lot. Um, Obviously, Shanahan's job would be safe. It's not as if that they're both connected together. Even though they did come in as a tandem, both got, um, I believe, the exact same uh, uh, contracts in in, uh, six years. Right, they both got it, but that doesn't mean that um, Shanahan, the wizard, as you call him, isn't <laughs> like you know he's obviously greater than Lynch. Um, yeah, Mrs. Like with uh, like Witherspoon. I loved Witherspoon. You know how much I loved mm-hmm. him when we were doing our draft evaluations. Like I fucking loved that dude. And it's unfortunate um, the evaluations don't always go right, and nobody's perfect. Nobody's Chris Ballard over in Indianapolis who just fucking <laughs> knocks it out of the park, <laughs> right, and just completely changes the entire team in one draft. It's it's not the norm, right? But right. Um, it's really hard to do. But it's it's Trent Balky esque when you get ACL tear <laughs> after ACL tear after ACL tear and like, why isn't this working? Well fuck, I don't know Trent because it's the same fucking thing. <laughs> yeah. It's the same situation, just a different name. So um I I, I, I agree with you. Um I just think that there has to be the the next step in order to prove that the 49ers are ready to take the next step. These players need to develop and be promised as what they're being touted as rather than same thing, different year. Absolutely. And you and you mentioned Witherspoon just a second ago. Um, he's actually, we've only been through four days of training camp, so there's still a lot to develop, but he surprised me. He, I was actually, I'm actually kind of hashtag team Verrett. You know, we signed Jason Verrett to a one year, um, incentive-based deal this offseason to kind of help our cornerback position and I really kind of pegged him if he's healthy to be our cornerback two behind Richard Sherman Um, but I've been pleasantly surprised with Witherspoon and I think a lot of people um, who have been evaluating the 49ers have been he's been showing up in camp his his focus seems to be there. I think one of the things that we, we saw in Witherspoon is it didn't seem like he had that that drive, that dog that you want in these players. And he seems to have come out in camp and really showed that. Um, so I'm really excited to see him take the next step. Um, Solomon Thomas, like you mentioned as well, um, you know I was bullish on Solomon Thomas. I love yep. Solomon Thomas. I compared him to Aaron Donald. I did all of that pre-draft. So, <laughs> you know, I've had to take a step back, look at my evaluations, look at myself. Obviously, we know what Solomon's been through off the field, um, and right. that has a lot to do with how he played on the field. But going into year three, um, I I think he's feeling better about his situation. Dude looks jacked. Dude, I'm sitting in the stands 100 yards away from where the D-lines are working. He has his um, sleeves rolled up, kind of like Derek Carr does. You know how Derek Mm -hmm. Carr rolls up his sleeves. Uh, Dude is jacked, and I could see it from 100 yards away. Just His muscles are popping everywhere. You can tell he's been in the gym. He's been working hard. Uh, I've been following him all offseason. So he's someone I'm looking to take the next step. but there's also other intriguing battles all throughout Niners camp. I mean, we have the the wide receiver position, I think, is going to be the number one position to watch in regards to who's going to make it, who's going to get cut, because we have a lot of the same tier type wide receivers. We don't have, you know, a tier one Mike Evans. You know, we don't have a tier two Amari Cooper. You know, we're all kind of tier three tier two kind of stage with Marquise Goodwin you know 
Trent Taylor had a really down year, but he's coming up. Dante Pettis, we're expecting to make that jump to the solid tier two wide receiver. But again, it's year two for him. So we we have to temper expectations. So I see that being the biggest position because we drafted Jalen Hurd, you know, running back at Tennessee, transitioned to wide receiver at Baylor. Um, already causing fights, already getting into fist cuffs with all oh, our DBs. Really? Yeah, in, in training camp, he got into like three fights in his first his first day of practice. Holy um, shit! Which I will go on record and say I love because yeah, absolutely. I mean, shit, man. Like we need, you know, I I think of like Terrell Pryor, right? Terrell Pryor. Every time he stepped on the field, he's jawing with the cornerbacks. He's fighting with the defense. They want to rip his face off. But at the same time, if you can focus that, you can refine that. You can use that to your benefit. Because then you have cornerbacks like worried about ripping your head off and not worried about playing playing press technique and making sure they're doing the right thing from a football standpoint. So I like seeing those kinds of things, but that's one position that I'm looking for uh, in 49ers. If I could just comment, could just comment yeah. on that real quick, like so, Pop in. I, I I had heard about about some some shit between the DBs, and I didn't realize it was Jalen Hurd. Has anyone else? gotten into altercations too because I, I i was i heard about it i wasn't sure if it was jalen i love him by the way i scouted him <laughs> coming out i was um eyeing him in fantasy football of course you swooped him up before i could um <laughs> yes but he's he's that gadget player he's running back wide receiver tight end like the dude's a fucking stud and he's absolutely he's not he's not um chunky if you will he's no. not thick like a running back typically is he's skinny but he is. He can. He can move, man. Like, like. But he's also six like, four as well. Exactly, and so it's like trying to bring him down is is a task in itself. It's like it's not as if like it's Philip Lindsay who's short and still skinny, First. but is somehow right. like a stud running back. But Jalen Hurd, he's tall, kind of lanky. He's got muscle, but not too much. He's skinny, six four, but he's he's a do it all, and that's and that's what interests me the most what I want to see what happens on game day of what is his position going to be? What is he going to do? What is he going to be? So I'm looking forward to that for sure. Yeah, and then to continue on with the Jalen Hurd talk, it was pretty – because obviously when it happens in camp and you have all the beat writers tweeting it out, oh, Jalen Hurd in his first fight, second fight, third fight, he's punching Dante Johnson in the stomach. He's getting into it with Witherspoon. He's getting into it with everyone – but you're only getting that from the beat writers. So naturally you have fans saying, oh, we don't need this. This isn't how you play football. This isn't what we do. You don't get into fights during training camp. And one of the first things I came out and said right away was I disagree with that that statement, that notion, because you have to have that dog in you, especially in the NFL. Now, if you're being out of control with it, if you're – and that's the thing. We didn't know what it was. We didn't know the context of these fights. And then it came out. Shanahan was like, I went back and I watched the tape. And the reason these fights happened was because Jalen Hurd was blocking too hard. He was blocking the DBs too hard and they didn't like wow, it. Wow, what a bad thing to have. You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so he was, and Trent Taylor also came out and backed them up. And he said, you know what? That might have been on me because I told Jalen, you know, you're a rookie. You only get limited stat- snaps. Go out there and hit someone. Go out there and make a play. Like, make your mark. 
And so everyone came around, at least on the offensive side, rallied behind Jalen and said, you know what, what we what he did up front, we liked. But what we didn't do or what we didn't like was that he retaliated. He punched back is essentially what happened. And basically how Shanahan prefaced it was, you know, if we're in a game time situation, both of you are ejected. We get two personal fouls, once against you, once against the defense. They negate each other, so we don't get any yardage. So we take an L on that on that play rather than you pissing them off, them punching you, and then we get the penalty and he's ejected. That's a win for us. So he kind of was able to put it into perspective. So, again, a lot of stuff going on with the, the rookie or the wide receivers group in general for the 49ers. Um, but that's going to be one position group that I think we'll talk about quite a bit on this pod because there's going to be guys that are going to be cut and that are going to be picked up by other teams, and that's just a fact. Um, it's just a matter of who's it, who's it, who's it going to be. And at this mm-hmm. point, we don't really know. And that's a good point because you you all have the second priority in the waiver wire too, which is a huge asset to add a bunch of random people as well. Like all these guys who might have just been camp cuts, even though they have value, might need to be in a different system. You guys have that second crack at it to go and, and grab those guys. So um, it's it's a good place to be for sure. It's a very good yep. place to be. Absolutely. Um, yeah, getting back to the wide receivers, I mean, like, also, I guess just free agency in general, too, that I'll highlight, you know, um, getting in uh, uh, Jason Verrett, right? Someone who's injured, injury after injury after injury, yet he keeps coming back. And it's surprising to hear you say that he's like, he, he's slotted for that number two spot already, even though he's been out for a while, hasn't been playing in some time. It's surprising to hear that he's already the second, uh, second uh, cornerback in your eyes, right? And so... That's it's kind of an issue to me because you have Richard Sherman who's still a stud, but he's older. You have Jason Vred as your number two. Akilah Witherspoon's gonna play a critical role for the like the slot position. He's gonna need to lock it down. He's definitely gonna need to um have that dog, like you said, and improve from what he was, which is seemingly a bust to some people, right? Some people aren't high on him. But Oh yeah, he, he has I, the I opportunity. Mean... He got he got benched last year. I mean, there's right. there's no other way to put it. He got benched for playing really bad. Um, but you know, I think the slot we're actually in a really good spot, and I think Quan Williams has that spot locked. No one's gonna take that spot. He's got. I'm. I've been watching a lot of tape recently, and he he's a dog. He mm-hmm. is gonna stick his nose into into the run game. He's gonna tackle you. He doesn't care. He's gonna. He's a little guy, but he's gonna thump you. Um, that's what I like about Quan. Richard Sherman has been getting rave reviews, um, saying that he looks night and day from what he did last in last year's training camp. Supposedly he's healthy. Supposedly he's he's really driving the charge and bringing the energy. And it's up to Witherspoon to lock down that cornerback two spot, and it's between him or Verrett, and who's going to win it? Because. At this point, Witherspoon actually has the upper leg on Verrett. Verrett is going through training cap, camp about 75%, so he's not getting the full-blown reps that he needs. Um, he's going to start ramping up further as we go along um, into camp now, but it's. I think it's 
you know, in my eyes, you know, with how Witherspoon played, yeah, I thought, you know, it's Verrett's job. Like, it's really not that hard as long as he's healthy. But from what I've seen in camp, now it's Witherspoon's job to lose because he got inserted into the starting group because Verrett was still hurt. So he's still holding that spot, so it's up to him to keep it. And will he? We'll find out. It's going to be interesting to watch. Any other notes from what you've been seeing in camp at all before we move on? I mean, there there's a lot of good stuff, but um, we'll have we'll have plenty of time to, to cover things as we go on. I want to I want to talk a little Raiders. Can we talk some Raiders? Raiders. <laughs> Let's talk some Las Vegas Raiders. Fuck. Sorry, yeah, sorry. Bro. Sorry. so I well, you know what? It's it's okay because. Obviously, as I said before, we were the Bay Bridges podcast. Last time we did a pod, I don't believe it was officially announced that they were going to Las Vegas. I think no, it was the talk it of it. Yeah, it was right. just the talk of it. And then it was official, I cried, blah, blah. No, I didn't actually cry. <laughs> but I went down to the facility that day and got interviewed on TV. And it was just like, it was just a, it was just a fucking shame. You know, it was just a it, shame. It and is. I, it took a long time. You know, it was like. Dealing with a breakup, you know, you go through all the, oh my God, yeah. blah, 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 you know, but, but then, um, I, you move on, right? It's just, it is what it is. Nothing I can do or say is going to change that. I still believe that it puts the Raiders at a, um, uh, uh, disproportionately of not having a true home field advantage. And it's, 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 it's facts, right? It's facts. Everyone yeah. from fucking Kansas city is going to fly their ass into Las Vegas and crowd over, over that stadium and. It's, it's going to be difficult, but what can you do? It is what it is. You move on, just deal with it. Um, uh, after, a, obviously, a, a disappointing year in John Gruden's first year, and it's surprising to me that we didn't do a pot all last year, even though it was John Gruden's, <laughs> but I'm actually glad because it would have been fucking horrible. It would have been the most in, depressing podcast out. ever. We'd have been oh. like, guys, we're recording, but just don't listen because it's going to yeah. be me and JD crying and holding each other because both our teams did terrible, except for when we faced each other and we beat you thirty-four to three. Um, <laughs> but other than that, you know, it was a pretty bad season. It was it was pretty rough. I almost forgot about that. I try and just literally. <laughs> I have there. to bring it up every. Chance I, you know I get. what? <laughs> I do, you know what? It happened. What the fuck are you gonna do about it now? It happened. <laughs> Moving on. Anyway, so uh, Hard Knocks was was chosen to follow the Oakland Raiders uh, throughout training camp. It's already in full swing. People are recording. Um, the uh, airing is going to be on August 6th, so it's right around the corner. First week of training camp. Antonio Brown, baby. Ooh. What you going to do? What you going to do about Antonio Brown? You know, it's it's uh, it's really cool to see the um, roster makeup of having literally an injection of talent from what it was last year, right? Last year, nobody could fucking name the four wide receivers on the Raiders, right? Like, you couldn't name off yeah, all four I, starting week to week. No way. After after you traded Amari Cooper, there was no one. Was, yeah. Jared, Jared oh, Cook was your star Let's gloss over the Mack trade right away, too. Let's <laughs> yeah, just fucking gloss right. that over. <laughs> Forgot about that too. Whatever. <laughs> let's bring up. Let's bring up all the old the old pains from last year's season. <laughs> it's hard not to. It's hard it, not. It, to. it really is. But you know, bringing in Antonio Brown, you know, it obviously for both the 49ers and the Raiders, we were 
in we were intertwined in the Antonio Brown saga. Like it all started with George Kittle tweeting Antonio Brown in January from Las Vegas, um, from what he reportedly says was a dare from Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, that instantly connected everyone. It was a social media firestorm. Everyone was reporting on it. Oh, Antonio Brown to the 49ers. Antonio Brown to the 49ers. You know, running my account, I'm like, oh, perfect. This is this is money for you know engagement likes like this is this is easy money because Antonio Brown sells and that it is what it is cuz he's high profile he's one of the best football players in the league i believe he was also just voted to the top in the top 10 of the yep. top 100 players on number, NFL number network seven. yep and i i won't disagree with it like that's one thing about Antonio Brown you can say whatever you want about him off the field showing up to camp in a hot air balloon which i loved <laughs> like secretly cuz it's just that's Antonio that's Antonio right, Brown right. in a nutshell and then he doesn't practice the first day of camp for whatever reason but you can't argue with the talent the talent is there um, I followed him all off season. The dude works out like a madman. I've never seen someone That's work insane. out as hard as him. It, he's insane. It, it it was to the point where I was like, I need to buy some Antonio Brown stock in Dynasty <laughs> right. because I'm thinking with all this kind of backlash, you know, the juju fighting, all that kind of stuff. I'm like, I could probably get him for somewhat of a cheaper value in in fantasy. Um, he's going so, you know, late second round in some spots, late exactly. second round. I've Which seen is him steal. go that far. Right, right. It's an, because, it would be taking candy from a baby. Right, because if Derek Carr and him can have a smidgen of chemistry, he's going to put up a 1,000-yard receiving like it's nothing. Um, he's the number one target. There's no one really there who's going to really compete with him for target shares. Um, so it was a huge signing, a huge win. You got him for a decent, decent like uh, return. Um, so I think, I think you guys are set with Antonio Brown as much as I love to hate and rip on, rip on the pick and the selection. You got one of the premier wide receivers in the NFL. Yep. And not to mention the number two wide receiver, Tyrell Williams, who you were high on this shit too. You were in love with having him. All the 49er fanboys were coming out. <laughs> Tyrell's ours. OBJ, he's coming to the Bay, you know, like, like OBJ was loved, the one I, I was hyped. I know you in backstory. Brad was getting fucking eviscerated from Giants oh. fans, just eviscerating his DMs. Just and Destroyed he never me. gave up. He never gave up. Then he went nope. to the fucking fucking Cleveland Browns for Absolutely. barely anything. Um, but there's like like I said, it's. It's really weird to see such an influx of talent from what was there last year. And I think that's a lot of credit due to uh, new GM Mike Mayock of setting the Love tone. Love Mike. Being, I know, I know. He's just the <sighs> yin to John Gruden's yang. Oh, he, like, Love one, of the, one of the premier football minds who just never came out of the booth, right? Played right. wide receiver. He knows the game, but just translated into being comfortable with Rich Eisen in the booth for the for uh, the draft and combine, all that stuff, it's still to be seen if it translates, right? Yep. We'll see. We'll see if it actually works, but couldn't have gotten a better hire on the open free market than him. And we know this about Mike Mayock based on his drafting style. 
he loves Clemson boys and he loves mm. Alabama boys. Right. And I mean, and to his point, I mean, what better programs in college football to build a to really build a foundation off of, you know? So that's why when he took Clellan Farrell number four overall, and I'll never forget the reaction of you <laughs> to that pick in I Nashville was at the draft in Tennessee. I was like. Uh, seventy-five <laughs> oh yards away from the fr- from the stage, and my girl was videotaping me because it was just such an exciting time. I was just like, God, I oh, I, I, Quinnen Williams was was going to be my guy, and then I thought, I, like, I just, I, I love the pick, didn't expect the pick, <laughs> and you could tell by the video, like, it just punched you in the face because, <laughs> you know, I was I was tracking defensive ends because i knew that was our number one need going into the draft so i loved clellan from the jump clellan was the number one leader out of this class in my opinion i mean everything about this kid screams leader and sure enough that's one of the main things mayock mayock credited clellan for and the reasons why they took him is he's a locker room guy they need that foundational piece to build on top of for the next 10 years and not to mention He's a he's a dog in the run game, you know. He doesn't have that elite speed that you would like to see from your quote unquote prototypical edge rushers, you know, coming off the edge, but he's sufficient. He's not going to make mistakes. He's going to put everyone around him in a position to be successful, and he comes from a winning program and he knows what it's like to win, and that's important when you're building a new foundation with a new roster, new GM, all that kind of stuff. So you know, as, back, back. Go ahead. As much as Raider Nation was like, "What, what the fuck is this pick right here?" It's not like he came out of nowhere, right? I had my eyes on him. I touted him Absolutely. as being a top five pick during the uh, uh, Clemson Alabama game, right? Like yeah. I had my eyes on this guy for so long, but when you put so much time on the hype train between the national championship game to draft day. It's so much time. There's so many stories that come out. So I know you and I, like, yeah, it was surprising. But after actually downloading and thinking about it, it wasn't a bad pick per se. I mean, I would have loved to have had, you know, like a Quinn and Williams type right there. Uh, people were hyping up Josh Allen. We can get into that later because uh, we know your thoughts <laughs> don't, on uh, Don't get me started. Allen. Yeah, but, um, you know, like, Someone smarter than I is making those decisions. And one, the end-all be-all was character. That's what Mike Mayock said at least five times during the Mm -hmm. presser right after the pick. We loved his character. The makeup of the man is what really sold us. And going back to that culture that we talked about, John Gruden is not going anywhere unless he quits. Right? He's not going anywhere. Mike Mayock. I mean, when you get a ten-year contract, you're, you're you're locked in. Yeah, you're you're stuck, right? You're locked in forever. And so Mike Mayock has the opportunity to change that culture, and they emphasize things such as character. I hope that that doesn't diminish away. You know what? Actually, it hasn't. We can get into that in a minute. But I hope that doesn't diminish away from getting players that can help your team, even if you have some, uh, you know, 
not uncharacter not with low character but different I mean, personalities you're like not Richie talking incognito. about vontez perfect are you right richie incognito <laughs> vontez perfect ab as much as people you know like so uh, we see the yin and the yang of that too right of just like right. high character young guys and proven veterans who may have some concerns off the field and on the field for vontez perfect right so um I love the direction that they're heading. Took Josh Jacobs and Jonathan Abrams. Jonathan Abrams. Stud. Oh, what a dog. He he's gonna start immediately already. He's he's he picked off the pass and just made everyone go screaming on the field. Josh Jacobs loaded locked and loaded as an RB one for the team. I mean you see the deficiencies and um how there was so much of a lack of talent when you get those three first rounders and obviously they're going to play already anyway, but when they come in and they're just injecting all of this like fucking passion and game into practices, you know what you got tone setters changing, rebuilding the brand, the new and improved Oakland Raiders. Right. And I think, you know, I remember I was scouting, I believe it was Jeffrey Simmons. I believe his name, Mm -hmm. the defensive tackle. Um, I was watching a game against Alabama and um, I was trying to focus on him and just watch him. And because everyone was touting him as, you know, oh, could be a, a sleeper top, you know, someone to edge into the top five or top 10. And I just, I really wanted to understand why people were saying this. And, you know, yeah, he, he looked good, but I could not keep my eyes off of Josh Jacobs. I mean, honestly, I'm just watching this kid. And he is a one-cut thumper. Like, he'll put his foot in the ground. He will he had really good vision. That was one of the things that I was really impressed with him because you can tell when guys take their time from the running back position to really find where they're going. And then they put their foot in the ground, and they're gone based on where they want to go. You know, not like a, a plodding Trent Richardson, right, who can't find the hole to save his life. Oh, you know, he's the exact opposite. Um, and I think that was one of the things that stood up, stood out to me that entire tape I was watching was I just couldn't stop watching him. And um, those are the kinds of attributes you always want to see from, from people on tape is who's going to actually stand out to you and grab your attention. And with the exodus of, uh, you know, Marshawn Lynch, you know, no longer a Raider. Um, you still have Jalen Richard. You still have DeAndre Washington. I think you have a nice core of a running back group and then you sprinkle in a little bit of Antonio Brown, uh, Terrell Williams. You got a little, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to say it, but you got Hunter Renfro in there. Mm, um, say it, <laughs> scream it from the mountaintops. White boy Supreme. You got the oh. whitest of the boy Supremes out there. <laughs> Hunter Renfro, you know, a Clemson boy, you know, he's going to be a 10 year vet. You know, he's got that Adam Thielen attribute. He grinds the tape. You know, he's quicker than fast. Anything he shows you wanna... up early, stays late. <laughs> Anything you want to throw out son. there, that's Hunter Renfro. And he's he's a glue guy. He's not gonna he's gonna keep his nose clean. He's gonna do what the coaches ask of him. And so you like you mentioned earlier, you you brought in your bad boys, right? You brought in, you know, the the perceived bad apples, but you also have some good guys to counterbalance that. Um, for me, the, one of the biggest things that I look 
at your team is the offensive line. You know, I was kind of souring on the offensive line uh, a year or two before they really hit their rock bottom, but you guys traded Kalechi Osemele. Um, I think uh, don't agree with Gabe, that. Still, don't agree. Gabe with that Jackson. Still. I think Gabe Jackson is injured a little bit. He's still kind of mm-hmm. fighting through injury. Um, Rodney Hudson. You know, he's. He's a stud. He's he's going to do his job, but you can only do so much from the center position because if your your guards, right guard, left guard aren't doing their job, you can't do your job, and that's honestly right. what it comes down to. And then you have Colton Miller, um, really struggled his his first year, um, but I've heard good things. He's added weight. He's coming back, um, doing some good things for the Raiders. Uh, Trent who's going to be your on right, the right side? Trent, oh, oh, I forgot. <laughs> Not my boy Trent, dude. Oh, I just so had, I, watched, I just had I, I flashbacks, the, dude. I just watched a video yesterday. He, like, so he, so you know, obviously set up doing DN drills. He fucking stepped back, didn't even take that much force, punched dude right in the chest, and I think it knocked the wind out of him practically. Like it was a thud that you could hear from probably like. A hundred yards away, he just knocked that boy. He looks strong, strong. I mean, Trent Brown was one of my favorite 49ers. I was waiting for the contract to be signed, and then I was going out and buying his jersey. That's how much I love Trent Brown. Um, unfortunately, it's funny when he said that; it just brought me back to. I think it might have been the last pod we did. It mm, was the live, yeah. the live draft pod, right? Where Mike is when he Mike, got traded. No, Mike. Yeah, Mike McGlinchey got taken ninth overall. Yep. You know that was the whole coin flip situation where mm-hmm. Raiders were rumored to take Mike McGlinchey, but we won the coin flip, so we were one spot ahead of you. Um, we took Mike. Kind of shocked everyone. Shocked me. I didn't even know what what to say at that point because I knew that it affected Trent Brown. And then it was either that same day or I think it was in the second round we traded Trent Brown to the Patriots. And from there, the rest is history. Um, but now you guys got him. And what can I say? He's he's going to keep De- Derek Carr clean. You know, yep. He's, he's going to do his job from the p- pass-blocking standpoint. His run-blocking is hit or miss sometimes. Um, but, again, the O-line, it, it has its question marks. It has the ability to be somewhat decent, but you never know with uh, Colton Miller's development and who's going to replace KO. Yeah, it's it's kind of a flipping of it because the right side was always the question mark. It was always the, the fill-in whoever on the right side because you knew you had uh, Donald Penn who just signed with the Redskins uh, yesterday and Coleccio Assembly next to him, Rodney Hudson. So you knew your blind side, your left side was going to be squared away. The right side was always the concern, and now they signed Trent Brown to the uh, biggest contract in NFL history for. Uh, for <laughs> yeah, you guys spent some money this offseason. right? Um, so, you know, I'm excited to see what it brings. We'll see what happens because I I want that development of Richie Incognito in the room as well with all of his off field issues and baggage that he brings Rodney Hudson is a top five center in the league no doubt about it he's he is a stud like you said um didn't didn't Richie get suspended recently yeah so he's going to be suspended the first two games but the Raiders were I guess in the know of that but (laughs) you're going to miss him for the first two games some fucking pretty important games too right like those are pretty important games and he's going to be gone so um a bit concerning um 
but I, I I'm I'm just excited to dive a deeper into it, see what we see on Hard Knocks, keep watching the process throughout. First uh, preseason game is going to be uh, next Wednesday. When's your guys' first preseason game? Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. I think we're a little bit later slated than most because um, okay. we started training camp a little later. Um, but, yeah, I'm pretty excited for our first preseason game as well. Yeah, I believe it's it's next Wednesday for, for us. But Hall of Fame game, the inaugural Hall of, Hall of Fame game oh, that- is going to be tomorrow. I'm going to be on a fucking is that tomorrow? beach in Hawaii. Yeah, it's tomorrow. No way. We have tomorrow. football tomorrow. Yep. yep, football is back tomorrow. I'm going to oh, be on a fucking hallelujah. beach in Hawaii. Just sitting back with the phone, you know. Um, with the phone streaming with in. With the phone, yeah. Ladies going to be like, what are you doing? I'm just like, I'm fucking watching football. Football's back. Um, She's like, we're in Hawaii, though. But you're like, but football yeah, I don't is care. back. It's football. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm super excited. I'm, I'm glad that, that we came back together and able to have this, this fucking outlet that you and I desperately need to talk Absolutely. and just ramble on and on because we just love it so much. So... That's going to transition us into the the last part of the of the pod, which is fantasy football. Woo! Fantasy football. Woo! So, I want to get your idea, and I want to kind of introduce some people into the different platforms that we use if they're unaware of it. We obviously have the uh, NFL fantasy football app, which is trash. You got the ESPN uh, ESPN fantasy football app. Uh, okay. Yahoo, we've used a lot of um, uh, leagues on Yahoo, but for those who don't know, there's the new Sleeper app, which is actually kind of an all-in-one. It gives you, instead of having a Twitter account and signing up for the updates from Ian Rappaport or all this stuff, Sleeper actually pulls from all 32 teams, all beat writers, all the breaking news, and it flows that into one app, which is also a fantasy football platform app. You can set up dynasty leagues, redraft leagues, whatever you want, you can set it up on there. Um, this will be my first year actually using the app, and I haven't played on it yet, but it's my first year using it, and I'm super excited about it. Um, we also use the MFL app, My Fantasy League app, which is an online-based web app, which is super weird when we first heard about it a few years ago, but it introduced us into our favorite absolute favorite way to play fantasy football go ahead and tell tell them what that is brad <laughs> we we kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier but dynasty football for me and jd it's our lifeblood to fantasy like we thought we loved fantasy before you know two years ago three years ago whatever it was but then we hopped into our first mfl dynasty league and it changed our entire lives it just it's it really gives you the power to feel like you're a GM of your fantasy team, and it really it really does. Um, and it also introduced us to one of our favorite things, which is the superflex position in fantasy. And if most of you don't know and who play fantasy, you would be familiar with the flex position: your wide receiver, running back, tight end, that you can kind of place week to week who you want to choose, who you want to put in there. But what the superflex does, at least in standard leagues. Uh, standard redraft leagues um, is it gives you the option to play two quarterbacks which makes the quarterback great again yes and we know some people who who aren't too excited about that shout out to the haters brad let them know (laughs) they they like to they like to keep the status quo 
they like being able to pick up Tom Brady in the 14th round. We don't, well, we don't like cute. that. That's cute. That's cute. You know, when yeah. someone like myself has, you know, Matt Ryan, you know, Josh Allen. Oh, Patrick <laughs> Mahomes. Have you heard of him? Oh, um, yeah. Having, yeah. having people like that in a dynasty league obviously changes the entire thing. And like Brad said, it makes the quarterback great again. It's so fun. It's, it's the only true way that I like to play fantasy football now. I'm, you know. I'm sad to say that I'm in 13 leagues this year. I'm going to have no wife. Going to be working my 90-hour week job. Going to be podding up with Brad, watching 13 different leagues. Like it's going to be, it's going to be insane. But um, I, I just, I love fantasy football. I love dynasty fantasy football, and I love super flex dynasty fantasy football. It's my favorite. Um, uh, like what's what's your favorite platform to play on, Brad? I know we've gotten used to MFL, but what like do you see the benefit of the sleeper app of it being like its own Twitter account plus fantasy football? Yeah. So the one of the things that has been really cool about the sleeper app, like you mentioned, is is it has the same feature as MFL because MFL still has that kind of news widget area mm-hmm. where it pulls in information from anywhere. It it's just NFL news whether it's the you know number 73rd man on the roster in training camp sprained his ankle you're gonna know about it and when you're in dynasty leagues and you're deep and you're looking at rookies you're looking at fringe guys to make the roster to stash who will be valuable in two or three years from now all that information is extremely beneficial but what the sleeper app does is it pulls it and it sends it to your phone as a notification like you'd get from twitter or from any other app that would give you a notification and it's very clean and it's very modern i how i would like to think of it it's like the guts of mfl what mfl has done with their app and yahoo's user-friendly platform and married the two together to come up with the sleeper app now we haven't had a full season through it so i'm still learning it i'm still kind of getting the idea of it but it it reminds me a lot of yahoo in the sense of usability uh, the way the app looks the cleanliness of it um whereas mfl is extremely clunky Um, i've come (laughs) I've, i've come to love the mfl um, not necessarily the app, but the web, web-based form, um, and I think it's just because I've gotten used to it. Um, I have my nice, you know, 49ers kind of backdrop skin mm-hmm. um, that I enjoy seeing every time I log on. Um, so I've gotten used to it. Um, it's retro but, for us, right? But for someone right. coming in, just like it was. Oh, you're for gonna us, hate like, it. What the fuck is this? What this is stupid? This, Get me out! Just it's a stupid it. site. Yeah, just stick with it, stick through it, work through it. Yeah, you, um, but it's a it's a stupid site when you're dealing with Yahoo, when you're dealing right. with Sleeper. Um, so I would have to say for standard redraft leagues, so leagues that start up every year, non dynasty, non keeper, you know, non IDP, nothing like that, just your standard run of the mill fantasy leagues. My go to is Yahoo. It's been that way for going on 10 years now so that could just be um you know creature of habit but you know i've tried nfl and you said it perfectly trash absolute garbage app you think the nfl would be able to produce something more robust (laughs) but then again we go back to think what does the nfl care about oh yeah making money and we're not going to put money into a fantasy football app right because 
it's not like half the fans who enjoy your content play fantasy football. So why make the app work well? Weird thought process, right? So we don't right. like NFL. Um, ESPN to me is like one like one step above NFL. Um, I I played in it. I I can deal with it. Not my favorite. Um, but I think for me, it's going to come down to MFL, Sleeper, and, and Yahoo. Same. Yep. We're on the same page with that. Um, maybe we'll float the idea of like a listener league or something like that going on. Maybe we could th- float Ooh. that idea out there. I like Get that. another fucking league. Who cares, right? Just get one yeah. more. It's just, <laughs> you know, that's how I got the last seven. It's just, just one more. Whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Love Superflex. PPR all the way. No half point shit. I'm not... Uh, yeah, me myself point personally, PPR. I'm into full point PPR. It it just makes everything cleaner. Um, doesn't it, it, it overvalues a lot of players, and I I like that. That's just me. Um, but as I said before, you know, rebranding and fantasy football aspects into this, we just talk about and want to talk about more about just the game of football as a whole. Just the game of football, all the news, all the notes. This was obviously the first introductory pod, so we're gonna. Uh, lean in and uh, harp more on news from around the league on the next uh, pod and going forward as well but like we just fucking love football right and (laughs) it doesn't just lessen it to talking about the Raiders talking about the 49ers only watching those games I watch every single game that I possibly can have Raider game on the big screen other game on the smaller screen watching uh, red zone whatever it might be like I like football and I don't want to diminish or shut off any point part of the fan base that might just want to have a an awesome pod to listen to about football and fantasy football. Yeah, and I absolutely agree. And you know, this first one with this first you know inaugural pod of you know um, on the clock podcast, I think you know we focus you know heavily on 49ers and Raiders because you know it's it's something that is close and near and dear to our heart. We know it very well. Um, but that in no way, shape, or form steers away from any of the other news going on in the NFL. And like you you just talked about, when we come on in, in future pods, that's probably going to be the first thing we talk about is right. what's going on with NFL news. How does this player's suspension affect these three players' value? How do you change your draft strategy? How do you manipulate and move people on your board? Um to help with fantasy football, to just know about the league in general, know what's going on. Because, you know, just like the same reasons we like the Sleeper app is you have to be aware of everything that's going on in the league to really be a solid fantasy football player because you have to use all that information and funnel it through basically your fantasy filter and figure out how you want to, you know, assimilate that information and, and do with it what you will. Um, so I think that's going to be a big, big focus on us as we we step into this and do this regularly. Um, I think one of the the big things that's going to benefit this pod is our love for the NFL draft yep. because we we follow these players closely as the college season football kicks off. I'm sure me and you are going to start creating draft boards early in the season and be ranking and tracking players throughout the season, throughout the offseason, through senior bowl, through combine, through the entire process and what that will able will help us with fantasy football is how we project these guys not only the next year but 5 years from now. How we think 
these players can be integrated into certain teams and do certain things for dynasty or standard and what the difference is. Um, So I think we have a lot of knowledge and I think that's what we're going to bring to this pod is just really try and gather it all and try and lay it out how we see it. And, you know, we've done the pod before and we have a, I'd say we have a pretty good track record when it comes to our, mm-hmm. our takes. Um, yeah, absolutely. you know we have some wi- we have some wild ones for sure. Yeah, you know, yeah. I've missed on a lot. I've missed Me on a too. lot, <laughs> but we have hit on some really good ones um, as well. So I think we'll be able to to kind of make this uh, a nice pod to listen to for just gathering, you know, all the information. And if, if you're from the Bay Area, of course, this pod's going to also resonate because we're going to be able to touch on Raiders and Niners as well. And we're going to make sure to give honest and truthfulness when it comes to fantasy football because I don't want to hide my sleeper picks from you anymore, Brad. I want us both <laughs> to be in the loop just because I'm worried that you're going to draft them one pick before me as you always right. have. Draft exactly who I wanted, like a carry on Johnson, things like that. <laughs> well, it was funny because you, I let you ride that carry on hype. I wasn't even, I was like, yeah, cool, carry on. And then I put on the tape, and then I was like, oh, sh- you're right. This carry on yeah. dude is legit. And, you know, for Dynasty, he was 21 years old heading into the draft. That's huge for Dynasty. Um, so, <laughs> but I agree. Um, you know, I do it. Every Friday on my SF Niners, I do Fantasy Friday. So I allow people to ask me questions, strategy, anything about fantasy football, and I'm going to tell them my honest opinion. So as you know, I did it last year. Um, I'm going to do it again this year. You're going to know my draft strategy going into this year. You're going to know every. known it for how many years now i know <laughs> what it is because brad always yeah fucking, i think the same no guys. matter what ends up with deandre hopkins keenan allen and deshaun watson at the, those three are the staples <laughs> of every single team that brad drafts it never fails never fails never never fails and you know i'm i, I like to liken myself to andy reed in the sense that we kill the regular season. We're we're strutting into the playoffs nice every year in every league. I'd say for the last three or four years, we're what are we? You you're in thirteen leagues already, and we haven't even got it into redraft leagues. Right. Um, I said I, I've been averaging about ten leagues a year, and I'd say eighty percent I'm in the playoffs Same. every year. Yep. But like Andy Reid. We seem to flame out in the playoffs, (laughs) whether it's D4 lining up offsides and negating an interception that would be sending you to the Super Bowl. That's that's kind of how that's kind of how I feel as a fantasy GM. I feel like I'm always in position. I've always done everything I can to put me in a position to win. But there's just something that that stops me, whether it's my opponent getting that last touchdown to put him over the top, one of my guys dropping a touchdown. Um, but that that's going to change this year, JD. I'm I'm taking it all. Ooh, I'm Do we taking have a proclamation. All. Are you proclaiming that you're already king of dynasty? Is that I what you're saying it. right now? Oh, you I can't oh, you have need it, it any other way. <laughs> so that's what it's going to be. Well, good luck to you, not, but good yeah. luck to you, right? Yeah, good luck. I mean, you know, you're talking to a uh, 
a champion himself here, uh, a dynasty yes. champion with yes, the likes of yes. the Patrick Mahomes, the Todd Gurley's of the world on the same team. So there's no better feeling in the world. No better feeling in the world. I hope you can get get on my level one day. One day. Um, one day. So next week we will also be doing a mock draft. We will provide that to you. Um, I think we'll do we'll just do a standard uh, redraft. We'll you know keep it simple. We'll we will change it up and do different variations that we like to do. Whether it's um, you know like a tight end premium or. Um, super flex, regular redraft for the guys who are stuck in the mud and can't get out of their own way. They're going to be those. They're just, they are who they are. They are who we, we don't like they were. change. Stop. No. We are who we thought they were. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. we will do that even though we hate doing it. We will do it for the fans. Um, any last words before we sign off tonight, Brad? No, I'm 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 feeling good. I'm excited that we're we're doing the pod again. I think it's going to be fun. Uh, it's only going to get better from here. Obviously, we're just jumping in, um, and as the season progresses, and we got football to talk about, like real, real world football. I mean, well, you said it. We got a game tomorrow, so I'm hyped. I'm excited to get this going, and uh, hopefully. We'll uh, be able to pro- provide some some solid insights, and we don't care if our entire league knows our entire strategy. Listen to this pod, guys, because it's gonna, only going to make you better, and hopefully allow you to beat us in the future. Because I, I know, I know we've fallen short in the playoffs sometimes, but you know, you you gotta you gotta get all the information you can. So it's here for you. Come yeah. and get it. Here's some knowledge. Let me let's throw some knowledge your way. Just so We're you gonna can game get, you up. Get there. Yeah, just so you can get there and be in the championship with Brad and myself. All right, Brad. The inaugural on the clock podcast, episode one in the books. We will see you guys next week. Peace.